Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man on. Very famous name, and you know him if you saw the Wolf of Wall Street. It's uh, Jordan Belfort. Jordan, how are you? Nice to meet you. Thanks. Likewise. Good to be here. I told you this right before we started. I have not seen the movie, and I think as an interviewer, that benefits me because I don't want to come in with any preconceived notions. Well, so you're the one that hasn't seen the movie. It's a very very popular movie. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm in trouble. I've got five daughters, three of whom are adults, and they all three said, are you you crazy, Dad? And I was going to watch it today, but it's three hours long. I was going to say, if you have children, if you told your kids you didn't, they'd be like, what? Yeah, no. (laughs) No, I'm in trouble. They love you. They love the movie. Um, uh, They they love seeing how it all worked. Let me ask you right up front. Did you, were you working with them to make the movie or did they make the movie and then tell you about it later? No, no. So, so, you know, uh, I wrote a book. So actually, like today, I just released my fourth book, which is actually on investing, the wolf of investing. But the book, the book I wrote that back was, let's see, 2006 was called The Wolf of Wall Street. And it was a memoir about my, you know, insane rise and fall on Wall Street. And I finished that book in early two, well, it got, the editing was finished in 2007. And, and as soon as it was done, it was, it was a bidding war between Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Wow. And, uh, and, and ultimately then Leo brought in Scorsese to direct. And, you know, I was like, wow, Leo and Scorsese. And, uh, there was a dream team. So I sold the, the, the rights to them. Uh, and then it took, we almost got the movie made in 2007, but then the writers strike it, which delayed right. it for four or five years. And then finally, the, the, all the stars aligned and the movie came out in 2013. I spent about a year before that working with Leo every day, both in person and on the phone. We spent a lot of time together. Um, and it did a brilliant job of really of, of, of encapsulating this insane life I had. And then, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly as well. And, the hysterical nature of it, the sad nature of it, the right. ironic nature. So it was a it was a very popular movie that's become part of the cultural zeitgeist, so to speak. No, no, and, and for good reason. I mean, obviously, you had a, you get Leo first of all, you get Martin Scorsese, but Jordan, how does that happen? You write the book, and it's a popular book. Did they read it and say we've got to get with this guy? How, do, how does a guy, uh, just a regular American, an exceptional American, obviously, but how, how does he get Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt arguing about who's going to play you in, in a movie? How does that? How do you go from zero to that? So, so what happened was it was that that happened before the book even came out it was oh, wow. a manu- it was a manuscript so um i spent about you know i went to jail i did 22 months in jail right um because right. i smuggled money to switzerland there's a whole you know you should watch the movie you'll, you'll i'm you'll gonna watch the movie i promise all right and um and when i was in jail my bunkmate of all people was tommy chong from cheech and chong well there you go and- <laughs> so he was like right so we were sharing a cell and i would tell him stories and he's rolling on the floor he's like you gotta write a book well so I tried to write a book, but didn't know how, didn't know how to write well. Um, and then after about a month of trying and failing, I stumbled upon a book called Bonfire of the Vanities written by Tom Wolfe. Right. And I, I love this book. He's a brilliant author. And I studied it like a textbook and I taught myself to write. And I adopted a voice very similar to a Tom Wolfe or a Hunter S. Thompson. And I read Hunter S. Thompson, Fear and Loathing as well. Um, and my writing improved dramatically. And I think what happened was, is that, um, when most people that have been had insane lives write memoirs, they have a ghostwriter. Right. I did it. I wrote the whole thing myself. So there was, I think, a very unique aspect to the, to, to the book was my own voice. It was a strong voice. Uh, and people were, were very taken with that. So when Leo and, and Brad, there's also George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg also were bidding on the book as wow. well. They, 
it was a big bidding war right, straight away for this for the rights because I think people just loved the manuscript. Yeah. So, um, and that's how it all started. And then um, it came down to Leon Brax, they were the biggest stars. You know, Mark wasn't as big of a star back then. George was a bit too old. Um, but the rest, as they say, is history. Well, it's, it's an amazing story. And I've got to tell you, there are a lot of people who have written a lot of things. But I think something you said there does jump out at me is that you wrote it yourself. Therefore, it had to have your own voice. Even if you've got somebody who's a ghostwriter, somebody who's dictating it, they might not get the emotion that you're putting into it. And as you said, the highs, the lows, the funny, the sad, the, the ridiculous, the going to jail. I mean, all of that was first person for you. And I think we got that, uh, certainly from what people say, you know, who've seen the movie. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being coy. I'm going to watch the movie before this weekend because I now am the biggest idiot, it turns out, on the planet. It's uh, Jordan <laughs> Belfort. Go follow him at Wolf of Wall ST over on Instagram. I don't think I do yet, but I'm going to. Don't feel uh, like you have to do it back, but I definitely <laughs> want to. Uh, I've seen interviews with you before, so I'm not, uh, it's not, you're not brand new to me. Obviously, you're somebody who's been in, in at least since 2013. You've been in, in our, our everyday phrasing in America, and it always goes back to, can you be successful in a country when it's running like it's being run right now? I'll give you a small example of what I have going on. A 401k, Doing pretty well on that, I guess. It's okay. I've got a small business thing, a SEP thing, if you know what that is. I have never played Wall Street, the stock market itself, because to me, Jordan, it feels like it's just a casino. And and the you know the house always wins. Well, is it worse, is it that or not? It's worse than that. It's, it's a really? corrupt casino. So in a casino, in a regular casino, the odds are stacked against you, you know, by a small percentage. In some games, they're very close, but right. the house might have a 3% or a 7% edge, whatever, that, uh, depending on the game. The slots, I think, are the most profitable of, of, of all right. for, the, for the casino. But imagine if you go into a casino where the dice are also loaded against you. So not only are the odds against you by the nature of the game, but then the dice are loaded against you, where the blackjack deal is dealing from the bottom. Then you have no shot of winning. And that's what is going on on Wall Street. In fact, the reason I wrote this book, The Wolf of Investing, right? It just came out today. Today was the publication. It's already number one on Amazon, by the way. Like all books on, on stocks and investing. So, you know, it's, it's obviously people loving the book. But here's the thing, okay? Wall Street is this like two-headed monster. It serves a vital purpose of the economy. Without Wall Street, they kind of be in very bad shape. They create massive value. They right. take companies public. They provide credit. It's necessary. And then the other side, they ripped your eyeballs out, okay, with fraud and bubbles and, and excess commissions and right. fees. So, so the question really is, how do I, as an American citizen, as screwed up as the country is right now, and we're on the same page there, don't even get me started with that, right? Yeah, right, right. How, how do I maximize extracting the value that Wall Street creates with not getting sucked into the corrupt casino where they're going to pull my pants down, rip my eyeballs out, and I'm going to end up with... If I'm lucky, getting my money back, but certainly right. not any substantial returns. And the beauty is there is a way, a, ver a proven way, a historically proven way to invest your money on Wall Street and avoid all the nonsense. Capture all the massive value that Wall Street and this amazing country that we have that how screwed up they're trying to make it. Right. All the value this country has created and continues to create by entrepreneurs and large businesses. So that's the secret to investing is how do you capture that value that's being created every single day by Wall Street and all the hardworking people and the companies around America, right? 
without getting sucked into the corrupt casino. And there's a way to do it. That's what my book is about. Well, I'm scared to death of it, so I'm going to get your book. The Wolf of Investing is out now. The Wolf of Investing, go and get it. As he said, it's on Amazon. Number one in the investment and money area already. It's out today. So I mean, that, that's already a, a pretty big feat. But but you're right about the casino. I've gone to casinos plenty of times. I leave with less money mo- more times than not. But I think blackjack is your best odds, and that's still 97%, which means the house is at least getting 3% from you. And then one guy or one gal might walk out with a bunch of money, but the rest of us gave that money to them. So exactly. uh, with you're saying that you basically, if we're going to look at Wall Street like a casino, you're basically saying there are ways to go in there and make sure it's fair or even leaning towards you. Leaning towards you. So the, the, no, there's, there's a way. And, and, you, know, you hate to use the word proven because well, there are not, no, there are no guarantees in the right. stock market. But that being said, if you go back 100 years, the system that I lay out in the book for investing has literally never had a, 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 a over any 25, 30 year period. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about investing to try to trade in and out of stocks. That's a loser's, that's a sucker's game. Now, if you're working on Wall Street and you have lightning fast computers and you have some algorithm that you're using to front run everyone else, yeah, you can make money short term trading. Right. But if you, as an average investor in America, okay, wealthy or not, the, 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 the way to make money is through long-term investing in a couple of different types of ultra-low-cost passive funds that track the indexes. So in other words, there's something called the S&P 500. I'm sure you know it, right? It's America's 500. Yeah, standard and poor is right. Correct, right? So one of the linchpin investments you want to have in your portfolio, the linchpin, is going to be an ultra-low-cost S&P 500 index fund where they charge you like 0.01% in fees, and that's it. And here's the thing. What's happening is that that those 500 companies that you now own with one trade, right, represent the 500 biggest, baddest, most profitable companies in America. The beauty is, is that if you look at the S&P 500 today and look at it three years ago, they're not all the same companies. So what happens is Standard & Poor's is every three months they're meeting and they're removing whatever companies are not doing as well. They're adding in the companies that are the rising stars. They have all these people working for you for free. It doesn't cost you a dime, right? And they create this index of the best 500 companies. These are companies that pay dividends. These are companies that are represented and they're also weighted in based on sectors. So for example, right now, obviously information technology is the largest sector. But go back 25 years ago, it was one of the smaller sectors. Right. So they even changed the weighting of the sector. So essentially, the S&P 500 represents the overall health, strength, and breadth of the U.S. economy. And I'll tell you this, is screwed up as we are. It's like, yeah, it's the best bad option out there. In other words, compared to the rest of the world, our system of business and entrepreneurship, I've traveled the world, I've spoken all over the world, I mentor people all over the world. There's something about the United States it's the people here, the people that live here. There's an entrepreneurial spirit. There's, there's not, there's the ability to fail and try again here. We, we encourage people to, to shine and rise and to, and, and to make money and to develop companies that deliver massive value. And also 30% plus of the sales in the S&P come from around the world because these countries are, companies are multinational. So when you own the S&P, you're owning the world economy as well. You understand? So it's like this really perfect mousetrap. It costs you virtually nothing to own it. And you can automatically reinvest your dividends. And if you can start very small, within a few thousand dollars, but let's say you have $10,000 and you start with that. And you make little contributions every month, $50 here, $100 there. Regular, right. believe it or not, in like 30 years, you'll have over a million dollars because of long-term wow. 
compounding. I, I, I'm serious. And out of the 40 years, even more. So the people who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, let me, we're all living longer and the future's going to come whether you want it or not. Okay. So if that's, this is one linchpin investment you have is that. And it requires, and I go into what I really go into in the book is, under, is teaching you why it works. Because what happens is that it requires a bit of a suspension of disbelief. Because you say to yourself, well, I only have $8,000 to invest. How am I going to make money if it's only earning 12% a year? Like that's that's not going to get me anywhere. So you start thinking, in order to really get ahead, I have to get some, the next Apple. I have to find the penny stock that's going to, to the moon. I have to find the next crypto deal that's going to be the hottest token or NFT. And that's, the, that's where the, the problems start because that's like the ultimate disaster investment is trying to find these, you know, the next Apple, the next this. That's not how you make money. The fact is through the power of compounding, long-term compounding, you can take a very small amount of money and turn it into a giant nest egg when you're ready to retire. And, and in layman's terms, compounding means you, 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 get, you get the investment, then you get the dividend, you reinvest, 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 you compound your, your original investment, and you're doing pretty well. Well, Jordan, the problem is, though, and you mentioned a couple of things, Bitcoin and, 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 and uh, what would you say, NFTs and all this other, the, the new thing on the market today is so well advertised that people fall for it every time. But you just said something I want my listeners and viewers to really understand. The S&P 500 is doing the research for me. They're only going to have the best companies, why wouldn't I take a look at that? Imagine this. Like, and, and by the way, and I'm not saying that, you know, listen, Bitcoin is, is a very different animal now than it was, um, you know, 10 years ago, right? right? So I'm not saying never buy any Bitcoin, but it should represent a relatively small portion of your speculative. Plus. Like, you want to, you can, there's nothing wrong with speculating, right? Having fun. So maybe you want to take 5% of your portfolio and speculate, okay? Or 10, up to 10 if you're really aggressive. But the bulk of your portfolio, that's not how you're going to ensure a very happy retirement one right. day, okay? And, and, and the way you do that, so again, imagine this. The S&P 500, right? If Wall Street's out there every day raping and pillaging the village, in the process of taking companies public, financing the next Facebook, the next, whatever, Google, right? They do right. that. And, and any one of those big companies that is out there that's making billions and billions a year, right? They started off, they weren't in the S&P when they started, but Wall Street financed them. They were run impeccably well. They took massive market And guess what? Guess where they end up? They end up in the S&P. So simply by owning the S&P, you were sure that you were going to have exposure to all the best companies and it's almost versus, like you took that ride with them without having to, to take the possible loss and it's also very tax efficient because so you're intelligent it, right so 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 that is it's so simple and by the way warren buffett has been screaming this from the hilltops for right. 20 years the problem is in fact is in my book i have a, a funny chapter on he doesn't, this he doesn't have the voice you have though i mean that, that's the difference he doesn't <laughs> have the, the the verb and the excitement he's by the way he but he did put his money where his mouth was he made yeah. a million dollar bet against any hedge fund on Wall Street. Because over 10 years, you can't even beat the S&P 500. And by the way, he won the bet. Someone took the bet and he destroyed that. Wow. Over, you know, over 10 years, yep. And he won a million dollars, which he gave to charity. The point is, this is a proven system that warrants, if you ask any, any really sophisticated investor, a uh, manager, they'll say, of course, the S&P is the best investment out there. And not for everything, but it should be the linchpin of what you do. I want to the tell people who I, I want to tell people who you are again, Jordan. And this is very, very interesting to me, and I, I love talking to you. It is uh, Jordan Belfort. Go and follow him right now at Wolf of Walls St at Wolf of Wall Street over on Instagram. His new book is called Wolf of Investing. I frankly have about a minute. I wanted to ask you this one question, if you don't mind. Sure. People around the world are trying to go off of King Dollar. 
they're trying to make something different that would be the world currency. If that happens, are you are, are you afraid about our future, or does it not matter? I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I think that's an. I, I think as screwed up as the U.S. is right now under its current leadership, um, I think the world is even more screwed up outside of the U.S. Yeah, it's no, like, I agree. Like, this best bad option sort of thing. I mean, I, I think that you look at this whole BRICS thing. I think. Honestly, I think it's somewhat overblown. Back when I was a kid, it was Japan's taking over the world. Japan's really? the next. Okay. Yeah. I think China's got its own major problems. Obviously, the world's on fire right now. And hopefully, people wake up when they go to the to the ballot box next right. election, and then they could be reset the course of of where we are. But I still think that the U.S. economy is by far the strongest out there, Good. and uh, it has some issues underlying, obviously, with debt. But I still think the dollar is pretty safer now. Would you do me a favor and come back like very soon? Because I could do another two segments with you. I've got I've got other uh, other interviews, but there this is very important to me. And next time, guess what? I'll have seen the movie. That's right. a pretty also, good deal, like, right? Re- and also, I've read the book The Wolf of Investing because I'm telling you, it's it will change the way you invest your money. It will save you a ton of money, uh, and and you really it's really a must read because it's so. I mean, everyone that's read it said, "My God, I got wasted so much money in fees and commissions." It shows you how exactly to put your money to work right. in a way that's safe and can really. You know, in order to a massive retirement when you're ready. Well, we just scratched the surface today, and what I've heard already blows my mind. I didn't know half of what you said, which is amazing. Um, I want everybody to go and get this Wolf of Investing, the Wolf of Investing. It's available now, number one in, in finance and investing over on Amazon. And go follow him at Wolf of Wall ST on Instagram. Jordan, so great to meet you, my friend. Yeah, there, it's beautiful. All right, All right let's Thank do it you. again soon. I appreciate you. Thanks. Take care. Bye. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. It's a pleasure getting to know Jordan Belford. His new book is called The Wolf of Investing. Carrie, did he sound like the guy? Uh, did Leo sound like him in the movie? I would say, yeah. Yeah. Paul was like, eh, you know. I'm going to watch the movie. I'll, I'll make a decision. Should. I mean, I, yeah. how much energy does this guy have, though? Holy crap. Yeah, again, yeah. Uh, you should, you'll watch the movie. You'll like it. I think you'll like it. He's wound up, and uh, mm-hmm. and I, th- I thought it gave some very good answers. Go get the book if you're interested. We'll have him back on soon. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Coming back. This is the Joe Pags Show.